When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Welcome to the Sporting Goss. For this Wednesday, thanks for your company. Don't forget you can always call us 13 12 55 or text 0487 I'm in a different studio today. Hopefully it's coming through loud and clear as we continue to build a better, brand new SEN base here at Optus Stadium. The hardworking team pulling it together. Big show. We're going to be talking WAFL footy. Georgie Parker for her regular Wednesday segment, the Olympian and Hockey Roo. Miguel Holm is Walk for the Boys. I'll tell you more about that after 11. Stacey Francis-Bayman, she's a star for the West Coast Fever. Enjoy her chat. That comes up in the second hour. Wayne Morrison had his first winner with his first horse and a horse that he bred. He'll be joining us as well. It's a nice feel-good story. And Sean McGrady for Gostradamus followers will be heading to Pinjarra today for a couple of rides. Get your pen and paper ready if you're looking for a winner. To the Australian public, we pride ourselves on our honesty. So it's been disappointing to see that our integrity has been questioned by some journalists and past players in recent days in regards to the Cape Town test of 2018. We have already answered questions many times on this issue, but we feel compelled to put the key facts on the record again. We did not know a foreign substance was taken onto the field to alter the condition of the ball until we saw the images on the big screen at Newlands. And to those who, despite the absence of evidence, insist that we must have known about the use of a foreign substance simply because we are bowlers, we say this. The umpires during that test match, Nigel Long and Richard Illingworth, both very respected and experienced umpires, inspected the ball after the images surfaced on the TV coverage and did not change it because there was no sign of damage. None of this excuses what happened on the field that day at Newlands. It was wrong and it should never have happened. We've all learned valuable lessons and we'd like to think the public can see the change for the better in the terms of the way we play, the way we behave and respect the game. Our commitment is improving as people and players will continue. We respectfully request to end the rumour-mongering and innuendo. It has gone on too long. It is time to move on. Regards, Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood, Mitch Stark and Nathan Lyme. So that was a very public letter yesterday. On the back of some ex-players, and of course Adam Gilchrist had his say on Gillian Goss on Monday, and more so not about that one incident. Gilly was sort of talking about dealing with the with the equipment, i.e. the ball, and reverse swing. And ever since that day, it has gone away. And he certainly wasn't inferring that the bowlers knew. But he's basically saying you would be hard-pressed to know that it hasn't been going on in world cricket for some time. Nick Hockley, Cricket Australia CEO, 
with the guest this morning to answer questions on that and a whole range of issues. Here is Six of the Best with Waitley. Will Cricket Australia reopen the sandpaper investigation, Nick? No, um, a bit, given that um, no further information has, uh, has come to light since the original investigation. Does Cameron Bancroft's self-evident quote in the English press constitute new information? So um, what we've done since that media report is our integrity unit has reached out to Cam to ask whether he has any uh, new information and uh, Cam has confirmed back to the, the integrity unit that he has no further information subsequent to the initial investigation and we, we thank Cam for confirming that. What he said differs from the information previously gathered and shared. Is that, that's true, isn't it? Again, um, there was a thorough investigation conducted at the time. Um, uh, sanctions were imposed and served. And uh, our integrity unit has reached out to Cam to ask him whether he has any new information uh, subsequent to that investigation, and, and he has confirmed that he doesn't. In what the bowlers released yesterday, is the evidence supporting the bowlers' assertion that they knew nothing of what transpired at the time? So, I mean, I, I can't speak for the bowlers, but I think their statement uh, yesterday was very strong. I think it was very clear. And, uh, you know, I think on on that basis, we need to move on. Did the did you know the bowlers were releasing that statement last night? Do you support them doing that? I had no uh, prior knowledge. Um, the first I read of it was uh, when I looked at it uh, online, and you know I can't speak on behalf of the bowlers, but uh, as I said, I think their statement was very strong uh, and, and very clear. Was it appropriate for them to do so? I think they're entitled to. Um, make statements as they, they feel, feel appropriate. And, um, you know, I think with a, a level of conjecture and, and discussion around this, um, you know, I respect their wish to, uh, to make their position very clear um, to the public. Has every person involved in Cape Town, Nick, provided a full account of what transpired to Cricket Australia? Um, so clearly I wasn't in this position at the time, but... So my understanding is that um, a thorough investigation uh, was done. It was obviously a, a very difficult time uh, for everyone. I think the work um, under new leadership that the, um, the team have done um, you know, with, with Tim and with Aaron um, and, and with Justin, I think you only had to watch the, the, the test documentary to get a really great insight into um, what the team, what the leadership uh, stand for, and uh, as I said, I think you know, very severe sanctions uh, were served, and uh, you know we've got a fantastic um, summer of cricket uh, coming ahead. And I think you know, given that we've clarified uh, with Cam, I think we've seen what the bowls have to say. I think it's it's time to move on, and uh, we've just uh, to look forward to um, some fantastic. Uh, cricket ahead. So Nick, you've been at the organisation for 11 months. In your role as interim chief executive, have you read or heard the definitive account of what transpired in Cape Town? Um, I haven't gone back and um, to relook at that investigation. As um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that was uh, a thorough investigation, 
and um, it was it was closed. Sanctions were served. We've said very publicly uh, that if there's any new relevant information uh, has come to light for people to come forward, and um, to date, uh, no new information um, has been brought forward. Um, so, you know, on that basis, there's no cause to reopen that, that um, investigation. Um, clearly, the last few days um, have brought back memories of what was a, a very confronting and, and, and bruising time for lots of people. Um, but as I said, we've now clarified um, uh, with Cam uh, that he's got no further information. Um, the, the bowlers have spoken for themselves and... I think it's 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 yeah. I think lessons have been learned, and it, it's time to move on. Do you worry about team harmony, given the circumstances as they are right now? The bowlers are, are very straightforward, and while they have addressed their statement to the public and to the media and to ex-players, it's only triggered by the fact that a former teammate made comments, or a current teammate, I, I beg your pardon, made comments. Look, I think representing uh, Australia. Uh, representing your country in any sport, but re- representing, um, you know, the national cricket te- teams, um, you know, it's an immense privilege. It's an immense honour. Uh, people work uh, throughout their entire life uh, uh, to, to do so. Um, you know, the, the public look up to, um, and, and kids look up to, uh, to these guys as, as role models. Um, you know, we've got a, a huge summer coming up with Ashes series for both um, women to men. There's, there's nothing like a, you know, that's that 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 goal to to win these landmark series to bring a bring a team together. So I'm very confident that under um, Tim's leadership um, and um, under under Jail's leadership, that uh, the team team will come together and um, put their best foot forward. Um, in what's going to be a very, very competitive summer of cricket. Nick, thanks for your time as ever this morning. Uh, good luck with uh, with all the planning. Thanks, Jared. Really appreciate it. Cheers. CEO of Cricket Australia, Nick Hockley. Do you agree? Do you think he answered the questions? Do you think we need to keep digging to the bottom of Sandpaper Gate, or would you like to move on? 0487 736 736 or 1312 55. This is the Sporting Goss on this Wednesday. Thanks for your company. Still to come, Cam Shepherd from the Peel Thunder Football Club. We'll also be hearing from both the Eagles and the Dockers and their injury updates. Both teams have been decimated by injury in recent times, but is there some uh, sunshine on the horizon? Andrew Brayshaw has addressed the media in Perth today. We'll hear from him as well, and we'll have the latest also on Patrick Cripps and his future. Still with cricket, and the uh, international uh, schedule has been released, and this is how it looks. So Australia will play Afghanistan in a one-off test November 27 to December 1 at Blundstone Arena in Tassie. Now, the Vodafone Ashes Men's Series against England, December 8 to 12 at the Gabba, first test. Second test, December 16 to 20, Adelaide Oval. Boxing Day test, standard. Third test, MCG. Fourth test, January 5 to 9, SCG. And here at Perth Stadium, as we like to call it, Optus Stadium, January 14 to 18 will be the fifth test. Gabba first test, Adelaide 
MCG, SCG and RA, it's a, a, an Optus Stadium right here at the Perth Stadium. So they are the five Ashes tests. The one-day series versus New Zealand, January 30, here at Optus Stadium, the first game. Second ODI in Tassie at Blundstone Arena. Third is at the SCG, and the next T20 is at Marnica. So that's New Zealand taken care of. So one T20 at Marnica Oval, but the first of the ODIs is here against New Zealand at Optus Stadium. And then the series with Sri Lanka, test series, uh, it isn't. It is a T20 series. It is at the SCG, Feb 11, the Gabba, Feb 13, Metricon Stadium on the Gold Coast, Feb 15, Adelaide Oval is Feb 18, and the last of the T20s against Sri Lanka is at the MCG, Feb 20. But our interest is right here, the Ashes Test at Optus Stadium. It is January 14 to 18 in the fifth test, and the one-dayer being played against New Zealand January 30. A breakaway, we'll come back, we'll talk WAFL football with the ever-improving Peel Thunder and their coach, Cam Shepard. This is the Sporting Goss. Big part of Sporting Goss here on SEN is WAFL football, and we certainly have been right up to it uh, over the last month or two. We touched on the state game earlier in the week. It was a disappointing performance, but we get back into the waffle action this week, and Cam Shepard is the coach of Peel Thunder, and they're coming off a very big win prior to the break. Appreciate your time, Shep. Uh, how was the break? Or did you have a break? I know. Yeah, we, 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 had a, we had a weekend off, and um, and uh, we enjoyed that. Watched our young man, Tyrone Thorne, play in the state game, and uh, proud of him. Uh, and we came off a good win, as you said, against Perth the previous week. And how is it going? How is the... Uh... Again, I say it, the AFL alignment going. It looks like it's there's a bit of a, a, a good... It's, it's running a lot smoother from an outsider looking in. It just seems as though it doesn't seem to be overpowering the, oh, you're not getting these players, you're not getting these players. It doesn't seem to be any uh, media musical chairs going on. It seems as though it, it's working along smoothly. Yeah, look, it's been, um, it's been really comfortable this year. And um, I think part of that is that... Um, uh, a little bit to do with the fact that Fremantle have had so many injuries that, that mm. uh, you know, we've not had those real strong discussions on selection. But, um, but you know, we're, we've played, I think, two or three fellows in, in, the, in the reserves this year and Fremantle have been fully aware and understanding. So uh, I think the alignment's really strong and, and the uh, conversations are open and honest. And, uh, it's, it's probably as, as, you know, as strong as it's been in the time when I've been there for a while. Yeah, 100%. Well, it certainly is starting to show from an outsider looking in. Who are some of the young boys that are coming through the grades right now? You talk about Tyrone Thorne in the state game on the weekend, but uh, tell us some of the, the products of, of the region, the Peel region that you've been happy with and we're going to see more of in the ensuing games, the ensuing weeks. I mean, the young ones that we talk about, we, we've got Michael Randall, who's played, I think, about 15 or 20 games. He's a 20-year-old young man who's come through our Colts program and we have... Uh, great hopes and aspirations for him. Uh, then we've got quite a few <clears throat> other young fellows. Ben Middleton plays up forward. Uh, James Ewing plays in, in the back half. Jack Sears uh, kicked two goals three, and we've played him forward and back. Uh, and 
Ryan Bennell's a good young player coming through, and then we've got quite a few uh, young players coming through in the reserves. We've got uh, and Brody Lake we brought back from came down from Darwin. Uh, we've got a good bunch of, of really high quality young players coming through. What about your Colts? You happy with the the products coming through there as well? I think firstly, we're really well coached in the Colts. We've got Mick Glasper who coaches our Colts side and then assists on game day in the league team. Uh, and yeah, we think we've got some really, interestingly, some really good uh, tall players coming through. Um, and uh, that's been recognised by Mark Webb and his uh, his selectors at the state level uh, in playing a trial game or two. So yeah, we think, um, as as always, we, we think we've got some good some good talent coming through. Like anything, you, as you build depth, you then have to fight for position. Cam Shepherd is our guest on Sporting Goss. We're talking WAFL Peel Thunder football team. Let's focus on this week's game. Uh, you've got West Perth. Um, they had a number of players in that state game, of course, but you do get them at home at David Gray's Arena. So uh, this was a uh, a real chance to have a win, and, and you're three and two at the moment. They're two and three. So again, chance to sort of get a bit of a, a buffer on one of those middle rung clubs or those contending clubs like West Perth at this early stage of the season. Yeah, you're spot on um, in in that. But this is an important game from ladder position point of view. We 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 respect West Perth immensely. They're a really mature, well coached team, and uh, we uh, we know that it'll be a challenge on the weekend. And uh, but uh, to the victor, the reward's pretty pretty big. We get a bit of a gap on West Perth, and as you said, there's a lot of teams that are that are fighting for positions in the five, and it's a very even competition this year. Well, from to be brutally honest with you, isn't it? It's 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 first through to eighth at the moment. I mean, East Perth and, and West Coast haven't had a win on the board, but you know, even a Perth who have won two games uh, are still right in the mix. So, as we talk about, there's no such thing as an eight-point game in in real terms, but it is in regards to a bit of breathing space. What a West Perth! You talk about how well they're coached. Obviously, Kaitel is a dangerous player up forward, and they've got those midfielders as well who get plenty of the football. But sometimes stats can be deceiving. You can allow blokes like Black and Nelson to get a lot of the footy, but as long as they don't damage you in the front half. Yeah, I think, you know, their, their top-end players are well-known. Um, and you've spoken about uh, Black and Kaitel, there's Nelson. Uh, they've got some really s- smart forwards in Ricky Riddock and, and Keegan Knott. And guys like Mitchell Pearson <clears throat> has hurt us in the past, uh, so we're wary of him. And, and then on top of that, they've got a very... Very solid and well-organised backline. So that's why I think they're well-organised and well-coached and probably shows that, you know, they've been um, a club that hasn't really recruited strongly and yet still been in the mix for many years. So, you know, we respect West Perth, but we really we really will be given a, a, a real red-hot crack on, on Saturday. Absolutely, looking forward to it. Who is the team to beat right now? As the ladder stands, Subiaco at top of the ladder, but I don't think they're absolutely a shoe in. There certainly haven't been the dominant Subiaco that they have been uh, beyond last year and uh, in the years before that. It is a well, well concealed flag opportunity, albeit we're only five rounds in. Yeah, look, I think um, I think the, the way that it sits at the moment is the side that uh, doesn't get. Uh, that keeps their top ten or twelve players healthy um, will be will be right in the mix, and because it is so so tight, uh, and 
if you can be consistent with the team you put out and 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 the product you put out, then and you can win enough games to. I think if you can get into the top three, and clearly from history, history will tell you that Subiaco, Claremont, and South Fremantle uh, are the three most likely uh, and hardest opponents in that area. But but there's still not much difference. But Fremantle are really good against us in round one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> West Perth are a good football team. Um, you know, Swan Districts are there and thereabouts. I think it's uh, Perth, were, Perth were really strong in the last three quarters. It, it actually makes for a really good waffle competition, the, the closeness. It certainly does. And uh, dare I say it, I think uh, even the West Coast Eagles waffle team will start to improve. All of a sudden in the next uh, two or three weeks, you're going to get some genuine AFL talent back into their list, their senior AFL list, and therefore that will certainly uh, dribble down to their waffle team. Appreciate your time, Shep. All the very best on the weekend, taking on West Perth at David Gray's Arena. Good on you, mate. Thanks, guys. Good on you, buddy. Catch you soon. He's a good fella. Cam Shepard, the coach of Peel Thunder. This is the Sporting Goss. Love talking waffle footy. I hope you do too. Don't forget, uh, 131255 is our number or 0487736736. Mike of Woodlands has texted. G'day, Mike. Thank you. Putting in uh, quotes, we did not know a foreign substance was taken onto the field. Out of quotes. But they and plenty of others in the change room knew that ball tampering was taking place, just not with sandpaper, which shouldn't be shocking for anyone that follows test cricket. The denials are unconvincing. Good on you, Mike. Appreciate your input. Some breaking news out of the Perth Wildcats. They're up against Brisbane tonight. Of course, we uh, chatted, we have chatted over the time with John Mooney and we chatted with Will Magne. And the news through, arguably behind Bryce Cotton and Mooney, one of their key players this year for the Perth Wildcats is Todd Blanchfield. Got a whack on the knee the other night against Cairns. Played through the pain led to believe he will miss tonight's game against Brisbane with knee soreness. Jared Bairstow, who's, he'll get some minutes. He'll play a few minutes here, there and everywhere. He's a bit of a, a mixed bag. Jared Bairstow can play tall, play small and can shoot. So he will come back into the team. So just repeating the news, Wildcats fans, Todd Blanchfield will miss tonight's game against Brisbane with knee soreness. Georgie Parker's coming up after the 10.30 news. In the next hour, we'll also be chatting with Miguel Holm. He's walked for the boys He's doing a walk for mental health, and that is coming up after 11 o'clock. Stacey Francis-Bayman will join us from the West Coast Fever. They're three out of three, but are on zero points. They're still making up for lost ground. Wayne Morrison had his first winner at Pinjarra on the weekend in the uh, on Monday at the Trots. He bred it, he owned it, he trained it. It was his first one. It's a good story. And Sean McGrady, if you are going to Pinjarra today, listen to Shooter. He's got four rides. He's declared one of his best in the early races of the card today. Get your pen ready and we'll also have a Gostradamus best tip and the lucky long shot, which are in form. Dare I say it, they are in form. We'll get the news away and we'll return with plenty more, including Georgie Parker, your calls, your texts, 13 12 55 or 0487 736 736. This is the Sporting Goss. Thank you, April Austin, in the newsroom. Just repeating, the Vodafone Ashes series is being released and we officially are getting the Optus Stadium test. It's the fifth test, January 14 to 18 here at Optus Stadium. And we've also got a, an ODI, a one-day against New Zealand, on January 30. 
We've already spoken or heard from Nick Hockley. We've heard from Cam Shepard. In a moment, we're going to hear from Georgie Parker. Just shoot the breeze with Georgie on a Wednesday. You can hear her with Gilly and Goss. And don't forget Friday's edition of Gilly and Goss. And the gauntlet has been laid down to Adam Gilchrist, the keeper, in his Friday focus after 7 o'clock. And we tried to get him to go up a level. He's got Kate Campbell, who's an Olympic star, of course, and heading to Tokyo in the pool. And we said, well, why don't you get someone who's been there, done that, and arguably stopped the nation? And we came up with Cathy Freeman. Now, unconfirmed reports, he reckons he can get her, but he is flying out today. He's going to be doing the show from the uh, from New South Wales on Friday. But before he flies out, he has to do the record of the interview with Cathy Freeman. Now, I'm led to believe that he's about 90% locked away, Cathy Freeman, and we may have confirmation by the end of this show today. It would be a good get. She doesn't do a lot of media. Cathy Freeman, yep, he's on the clock. He's on the clock, is the keeper. Gillian Goss, Friday morning after 7. But we will let you know in the interim, either today or on tomorrow's Sporting Goss, whether he has secured the superstar of Australian track and field in Cathy Freeman. For Friday Focus, for this Friday, we will find out very, very shortly. Andrew Brayshaw from the Fremantle Football Club addressed the media down at Coburn this morning. This is a snapshot of what the Dockers star midfielder had to say. Yeah, well, it was sort of an unexpected trip. Uh, within a, a sort of a day and a half we were off, um, but the group handled it really well. Um, we're already a pretty close group, but you know, a couple of weeks of bonding uh, definitely doesn't hurt. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, didn't come away with the points, but uh, plenty of learnings to take away from both games. Do you think there's still plenty to take away from this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we're four and five, but um, we've been in most of our games, and um, if we can just get that consistency piece right, our best foot is really good um, and holds up against teams, so there's definitely plenty to take away. What's stopping you from playing that best foot more? Uh, yeah, it's probably that consistency piece that I was just touching on. Um, if we could play four quarters of our best footy, we'd be, we'd be really competitive. Um, Staying on task as a group, um, we're quite a young group that are, uh, are still learning. Um, but yeah, when we when we are playing our best, we're we're pretty good. So it's just being able to all three lines to be able to keep each other on task, stay focused, and um, yeah, really just pull four quarters together. You, Ben Rutten was somewhat critical of uh, your your midfield treatment of Zach Merritt. What, what did you guys, was that a plan going into the game or is that something that you have talked about in, when you come up against strong midfields? Um, yeah, well, Essendon were a really fierce team on the weekend and, and so were we. Um, we put a good player on a good player. Caleb um, went to Merritt. Um, and yeah, I think when you're just playing AFL footy, that's the sort of aggression that comes out in the game from both sides. Um, and I thought it was really healthy competition. Is, that, is, that a, is there a balancing act between that, the focus on aggression and also winning the ball and, and playing the team football? Yeah, well, um, I guess when you're giving away free kicks, that definitely hurts the team. But to a degree, you have to stand up for your teammates. Um, we definitely don't want to get pushed around. So, um, yeah, it was, I think we towed the line and, and so did they. 
Sydney, another strong midfield, but the third strong midfield in a week that you've come up against. What, what, what plans have you put in place for, for them? Uh, we'll have a, a good look at them today um, and then train it out on the track. But yeah, they're a, they're a young group that are, uh, have all bought into a really strong system and they're playing um, some really good footy. Um, and they've got some really good players, so we're going to have to have a look at um, yeah, their strengths and, and try and yeah, have a go at them this weekend. Just back on the Zach Merritt stuff, you've obviously been on the other side of it and got tagged earlier this year. What did you sort of think of it, um, knowing you've been in his shoes? Yeah, well, I guess it's, it's part of the game. Um, when, when players are getting off the chain uh, in, the, in the weeks leading up to um, a certain game, teams are going to put attention into them. Uh, I experienced that earlier in the year, and um, we put that attention into Merritt uh, on the weekend, so I think it's just part of it, and both teams just have to respond. And do you guys sort of know or can get engaged where you sit at the competition at present? Uh, it's, it's pretty tough. Um, like I mentioned previously, our best footy we think is really good um, and then we do have patches where um, we let that slip. So it is tough at the moment to get a, a real gauge but um, this weekend we're just going to try and go out there and, and get a win and, uh, and hopefully sit 5-5 five and five after this weekend. Don't get any feedback from the AFL about Marvel Stadium? What's that? Great place, Marvel. <laughs> Fantastic. Love it. Do you stand by the comments after the game? Oh, listen, hate that. was a very strong word. We move on pretty quickly. I moved on pretty quickly anyway. Happy to play home games there next year? And the day our players will play anywhere. That's the reality. We're, we're happy to play. We love going to uh, Optus Stadium. We love going to Port Adelaide. They've got great atmosphere. Love going back to the Gabba. It's got fond memories for us this time uh, from last year. So we're happy to go wherever we want to. Just don't love going to Marvel? Oh, not that I don't love going to Marvel. Anyway, moving on. He wants to move on. Georgie Parker joins us on this Wednesday, as she does here a couple of times a week on Gillian Goss on a Monday and on a Wednesday here on Sporting Goss. There's a bit of backpedalling going on, but not quite backpedalling, Georgie. Good morning. Good morning, Goss. It's a very Melbourne thing to do. It's a very um, that side of town Melbourne thing to do, isn't it? Richmond and Collingwood don't like going over to Marvel. Um, They don't have to go there very often either, do they? No, and Chris Scott has been interviewed this morning, and this and I and I'll give you the uh, I'll give you the exchange. So, Chris Scott, how many games have Richmond played at the MCG? One guy, there's the answer, fourteen this year. So, Chris Scott then said, so when you're saying we should play fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen, I think that's stretching the friendship a little bit. I don't think Damien Harwick's going to get a lot of love from the other AFL coaches. No, and I think especially when you think of Geelong, who a couple of years ago lost to. Richmond in a prelim that Geelong had the home prelim or should have had the home prelim. Mm. So especially teams like Geelong where they're having to take them. It's not far. Let's be honest. Geelong's not far to MCG. But the fact that they're complaining about going, you know, 15 minutes across the city um, in. And I'll tell you what, I was in Melbourne that day. It was a horrific weather. I wouldn't have wanted to go at the go to the G anyway. Well, Jack, Jack Revolt said that last night on AFL 360. He said... When it was 13 degrees and raining outside, the best place for us was underneath the roof at Marvel. Oh, 100% it was. I literally, I literally would have been like, I'd rather be playing there um, as a player. Um, it, it's, I guess, frustrating. They didn't play well, and that's what they, um, they, they want to play in their own little um, bullying kind of environment of <laughs> where they think that they play best. Um, and I think especially anyone from outside of the VFL would not be sympathetic to Richmond. I'm from Adelaide. You're clearly over there in Perth. We're not sympathetic to them having to play not no. all of their home games at home. Correct. Uh, well, that would the begs a question. Um, 
comment. Can you explain to our listeners, and I know we have a number of them who would have been to Melbourne and know the, the lay of the land. Tell me where mm-hmm. the MCG is in comparison to Marvel and the access to Marvel from the MCG and the distance and how it what it takes to get there for the for the fan. Because that crowd on the weekend against the Giants of eighteen thousand, when you've got a yeah. hundred thousand members, that's yeah. bigger than that is bigger than saying you don't like Marvel. That is not the fans unless you convince the fans that it's a bad place to go and you're the coach of the team and we don't want you to come and support. That is a slide on the game. To be brutally honest, the AFL owns Marvel, and I'd be yeah. I would be surprised if they didn't. He didn't get a bit of a phone call or a tap on the tap on the shoulder from the AFL to sort of say, "Come on, we, last thing we need right now in the in the in the COVID affected crowds yeah. that we're already experiencing, do we need you to pile on?" And you've got to remember that that Marvel Stadium was the reason why the AFL kept afloat as well as it did because they could use that to be getting loans and things last year because they own that land um i guess in terms of the viewer experience there's fine there's not much around it and i think that's why they don't get as big a crowd because in when you're at the g all down swan bridge you're in near the city it's a it's a vibe there's a buzz around it pre and post game um before if you're going to marvel stadium there's nothing much around it so you're not going to be getting um people who want to go for a night out after um don't really want to go but i do want to stress how that was horrific weather i have not felt that cold in australia ever it was absolutely freezing it was hail it was um windy it was icy icy cold it was a top of 13 but it felt like four degrees it was awful so i want to stress that it was not good weather to go and watch footy so even if it was at the g i don't think gotcha. you would have been getting a big crowd gotcha. um but in terms of getting there it's not far it's a 15 minutes on a tram it's really really easy to do the other week i went to a game at marvel and then shot over to the g to go to a game that night so it's not difficult to go to if you want to go watch your your team play um so it depends how your team's going sometimes if you want to make the trek out there yeah, so it was trek. more. I shouldn't about, be calling it a, it a trek. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more more about getting to the ground rather than actually being inside the ground. Is that what you're talking about in regards oh, yeah. to the weather? I don't think. Yeah, I, I quite like watching it there because it's really quite steep, so you can really see in action um, everything that's going on. Um, yeah, I quite like watching games there. It's just there's nothing around it. So if you want to go to a pub before, you know, younger people want to go to a pub before <laughs> go get something. There's nothing around it. The Docklands itself, especially post COVID, has you know really gone downhill, um, so there's just no vibe. Georgie Parker, our guest on Sporting Goals each and every Wednesday. I've just received a text from a very familiar number. It says, hi there, awaiting a response, RE, the SEN Team Bowls Day on Friday. Are you available? Um, well, I, I could be available, and that's come from the wonderful Lily Burke who works in our office here. I recognise the number. <laughs> social sport. Um, are you oh. a social I know. I See, I banned talking about social sport on air. Uh, Chris Kafunas, <laughs> Special K, he's got a, uh, what's the name of football or a foosball or a football, uh, I don't know, an indoor soccer team. Foosball. Plays foosball. I yeah, don't know. It is. I don't know. And we ban the talk <laughs> in the office. We're, you're not allowed to talk about it because most people only talk about social media sport when they win. Yeah. Um, they don't talk about the bad losses. Are you a social sport? Oh, we've had this discussion before. Uh, I'm pretty sure you don't, you don't do it because you're a bad loser. Uh, I don't like the term bad loser. Um, I don't, don't know what else to call me, but no. So, I I think I take it a little seriously. So it's not either fun for me or for our opposition. So, for example, a few years ago when I was at uni, 
um, we joined the Mixed Social Summer Basketball League there at Curtin Uni. Um, I only recruited athletes. So, <laughs> so we're there. We have all the boys were six foot three and above. All the girls were Australian hockey players. Um, we called ourselves the Perth Wild Kittens and we won every <laughs> match by at least 40 points. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it wasn't, it was fun for us, but I felt it wasn't overly fun for our oppositions. Um, so I, I pulled the pin after that, after our undefeated season um, there at Curtin University. But do you know what's frustrating? I'm not good at bar sports. So I'm not good at pool. I'm not good at uh, darts, Dutch. things like that. And it's really hard because when you're at a pub and you think people think I should be good at things like that, mm, mm. but the people who are best at it are the people who had a pool table when they're at school, um, like growing up and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So I never had one of them. Um, tough, tough upbringing, clearly. And I, I'm not very good at those sorts of things. So it's, uh, and then my ego gets a big hit. So I just don't even attempt things I'm not good at. What about pinball machine? Are you any, really good at, are you any, any good at pinball or Space Invaders or Galact- Galaxia or Galactia? You're showing your age there. No, pinball. I'm pretty good at pinball. Yeah. I, you know, because I did grow up in the generation of having no internet. So pinball, yeah. I'm around. I'm around. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, I did play my first game of netball, social netball. Um, a few weeks ago, and I'll never play that again, ever. Why? What happened? Uh, we lost, firstly. <laughs> Didn't like that. Here we go. Secondly, <laughs> secondly I, I remembered why I don't play netball. The whistle, I always get in oh, trouble yeah. stepping. And it's Over a tough whistled. sport. Like, there's Over a lot of whistled. rules. So, yeah, do you reckon now, Goss, serious question, do you mm-hmm. think there's a sport in the world that has the whistle no. go off as much no. as netball? No, and I've been saying it for years, and I'll also say they used to blow the whistle. Do you know what they don't do now is in the uh, Suncorp Super Netball. They don't blow the whistle after a goal is scored. That's probably good. They used to do it all the time. Drove me bonkers. I've been saying for years, netball, and they're big on uh, contact advantage. I don't know what they're looking at. The ball is going that quick at that (laughs) level, and I don't know what the referees or the umpires are looking at, but they see stuff that I've never, ever seen before. Hey, Georgie, before we let you go, as you know, on Monday you're in the studio with Gillian Goss. We laid down the gauntlet to one uh, keeper, and we said to the keeper, we want next-level uh, stops a nation, superstar, doesn't have to be Olympian, but someone who stopped the nation. And we ended up plucking the name Kathy Freeman. Now, he has gone underground. He's going to be on the East on Friday for the show, for our breakfast show, but he's on the clock. He will not respond to any phone calls or texts about whether he's <laughs> got Kathy he's Freeman. not replying to me. So why he's not replying to me? So I don't know whether oh. he's up against it and he hasn't got Kathy Freeman, but do you think... He's going to come up empty because I have a sneaking suspicion we may have trumped him this week. I don't know. Gilly is very persuasive because he's the good <laughs> guy of sport, isn't he? He's squeaky clean, just waiting he's for squeaky. something to happen. Yeah. He's squeaky clean. Yeah, he um, I, I'll back him. I'll back him. Really? But Kathy Freeman, you're right. She doesn't do much. No. And when she does, she doesn't do things for long. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think I we were does, up, she, up. Especially there's a lot going on around the Olympics. There's a lot of chat that's going on at the moment. So and everyone um, loves Kathy. Everyone loves Freeman. You can't not love Kathy. No, you can't exactly not love Kathy. Right. Exactly. The Kathy right. doco that um, ABC did was unreal. Yeah, yeah, well, she's a superstar. Well, we, we, he's yeah. running out. Of, he's on the clock, is uh, our man Gilly for <laughs> Gillian Goss on Friday. He's I appreciate working hard that for chat. his dollar. 
Uh, nice work by you. I'm told it's one train stop and a small walk between the MCG and um, Marvel Stadium. Is that correct? Yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's re- it's genuinely not far. Appreciate your time. We'll do it again on Monday. Gillian Goss. Sure, Star, mate. Bye. Good on you. Georgie Parker, love her contribution to our show. Don't forget, you can contribute as well. Get in touch. 0487 736 736. 131255 is the call number. We'll get a breakaway. We'll come back. Don't forget, after 11 o'clock, we're touching base with a young man who is about to do a walk for charity. Also, Wayne Morrison, he saddled up his very first winner. He bred it. He owned it. He trained it. And at one at Pinjarra and Shooter McGrady, Sean McGrady, he'll be in a bath. He'll be trying to lose half a kilo. He'll throw a bit of Radox in there in a steaming bath to lose half a kilo before trekking down to Pinjarra for the races today. Stay with us. News not too far away. This is Sporting Goss. It's times like this. I have loved you more each day. Walking back to happiness. Oh, uh, someone will be doing a fair bit of walking in the time ahead is Miguel Hume, who joins us in the studio. Walk for the Boys, a four-day walk to Darren, raising money and awareness for mental health. Richmond's Wellbeing Bouncing Back program, and Miguel has walked and run into the studio. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Tim. So you're a personal trainer by trade. That's I what am. you do. Yeah. So how do you end up having to walk for charity? Take me back to the very start. Well, it actually just started over a few beers with, with some mates and we... So um, personal trainers drink, do they? No, no. <laughs> I, I was holding one for a friend. Um, so we are just chatting and, uh, you know, a mate of ours lost his daughter to a disease called Marfan syndrome in 2016. Um, she was 14 years old and I thought it might be, might be a good idea to do something to, um, you know, raise a bit of money and something positive for him as well. Um, so we ended up doing... 2019, 2020, 200k walk out to Darren and um, raising a bit of money for Heart Kids and you know just trying to help out a bit. This year, he's decided to have a break, so I thought I'd go with something a bit different. And uh, we're doing men's mental health. And, and you're doing it on your own? I'm doing it by myself this year. You have a you have obviously you have a team behind you assisting you. I do. I've got. A, I have a couple of mates, and actually Andrew, who worked, who did the first couple of years, Ruby's dad. He's going to do. Most of the first day with me. Great. Um, and then a few other guys just calling past with a coffee and whatever. So so why uh, Richmond's Wellbeing Bouncing Back program? Why, why mental health? It's just turned out they, they look like a good fit. They, um, they work with sporting clubs. Um, and this is kind of centred around turning up to Darren and, and watching the footy. And we're having a big party at the footy club after the game. Great. and. Um, yeah, I just thought it, it was a good fit. It is. So when's this taking place? Uh, I leave a week today, so Wednesday the 26th. Okay. Um, and I, I'll finish on the Saturday, hopefully around midday. It's not 200 k's to Darren, mate. So no, can you can you, you caught me out? Well, my I've done some I've done some reconnaissance. It tells me <laughs> it's 160 k's, but you have also told me you do go the long way. Yeah, I'm going to take. Take the long way. It's 160 from the city. Um, I'm going to leave from my place in West Leadable, which has I don't know another five or six. What time days. of the What time of the day do you go? Well, it'll it'll probably be leaving about five in the morning. But uh, day one, I, I probably won't sleep very well the night before. So sure. who knows? If I wake up at four, I'll just go. Day, I'll just go. Yeah. Okay. We're but I'm check- going the long way. Sorry to address that. I'm going the long way. On on the second day, I'm going yep. from Noble Falls to Two J, but I'm calling into Baker's Hill. Nice. Which will add, 
you know, another 20 or, or 30 onto that, onto that day as well. Miguel Hume is our guest, and he is doing a walk. It's called Walk for the Boys, a four-day walk to uh, Darren, of course. Why Darren? Where's that uh, Well, I used to play footy in Darren in, oh, the, yeah? in the 90s, yep. and uh, yeah, I've still got a few mates up there, and um, after the first year, it went a lot better than we thought it could go, and the town really got behind us, and it was just a lot of fun and great people, and yeah, I like to do it every year. Now, anyone who walks 200k over four days, and you are a personal trainer, and I know you came from home to be here, and you know, you're on the other side of the city, and then you were running late, so you ran. Uh <laughs> You have to be of, of level of fitness, but is it taxing? It's really it, it's strange. You think walking's easy, but you just get sore. Rather than you know, if you go for a five k run, so you don't get tired. You get sore. Well, you do get really tired, but you get well. I do anyway. I get really sore, um, and you sort of get twenty k's, and everything just starts to ache. So you wake up in the morning. It's pretty hard the first few k's, but um, you know, doing fifty a day or second day sixty. I just, I just ache a lot, you know, the lower back and the feet and the knees and the ankles. The arthritis doesn't help a lot. But so what drives you then? The end result and the, yeah. and, and the fact is why you're doing it? Yeah, yeah, well, that, that's it. it. It also, I, you know, before any of this, I kind of had it in my mind that I'd like to do something like this. I mean, originally I was sort of thinking maybe walk to Melbourne one day, but that's yep. On your cliffy a little bit further. Um, Would you do it though? Oh, who knows? Yeah. I have, I'm not Just get to Darren not first. I'll get to Darren first and I might, uh, <laughs> might see what happens. Yeah. I know a good personal trainer that might help you out. A good one. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, you're oh, good. You know good. what you're doing. So, so, okay, let's break down the four days. Yep. What, what, you, you talked about getting to Noble Falls first? Yeah, that's right. So I'll wake up whenever I wake up. That looks like the hardest leg. Is that the hilly no, leg? Oh, it's hard in that, it, in that it's hilly. We go up through a national park and it's gravel, so it's just, it's just constantly – Uphill, there's a bit of a gradient uphill all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be 50 k's. And then day two, I will take off uh, from Noble Falls Tavern to Baker's Hill for lunch and then 2J. Stay the night in 2J, get up in the morning, walk to Gamelling. Um, and then hopefully someone's going to pick me up from Gamelling, drive me back to Darren. I'll stay the night there and then drive back to Gamelling in the morning and walk, finish the walk in and Darren. Finish at the footy? Finish at the footy club, which will be... Around midday, so the reserves will be just starting. Um, and hopefully I can get a heap of Darren people to come and do the last morning's walk that with me. That would be great. Yeah. Absolutely, that would yeah. be great. Miguel uh, Hume is here. Sorry, Walk for the Boys. So explain that to me. Explain me where the, the name came from. Oh, I was just thinking, uh, you know, well, it's men's mental health and suicide prevention. Sure. Um, you know, the boys are generally how you refer to your mates. Um, you know, it's just a... Fitting, fitting name, I reckon. Have you been affected by? Oh yeah, I think I have. Um, I think everyone has to, yeah. to some degree. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone knows knows of a suicide, or everyone's had a you know some kind of issue with their mental health. I, I reckon, which is you know it's so common. So I, I just think it's good to get it out there and talk about it and. Just do what we can do. And raise some money and, yeah, exactly. you, and you can do that. You can go onto your, the, the Facebook page, yep. which is, which is Walk, Walk for, for the Boys. Yep, Walk Facebook, the boys, yeah, Facebook, and then all the link is all there to follow to, to raise funds. So if anyone wants to make a contribution to McGirl's Walk, it is Walk for the Boys on Facebook, raising money for Richmond's Wellbeing Bouncing Back program, uh, taking on mental health and suicide prevention, of course, in particular directly involved with sporting clubs. Because, I mean, you see blokes at the footy club and, and you and I have had a connection with a lot of the Wembley footy guys over the journeys and I know that football club was hit hard a couple of years ago as well 
and you see blokes play sport, and then all of a sudden they're not there, and you hear the stories, what's happened, and you and yep. you don't and you don't see it. Yep, that's right. Well, people just drift drift in and out of your life. We have a golf day at the Wembley Footy Club for a guy that lost his, that took his right. own life, and yeah. that's one of the saddest. Um, days on, yep. on 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 it's one of the greatest days that we do, but at the same time, it's incredibly sad. Well, the, mo- the most frightening stat I heard was the largest killer of men between the ages of eighteen to forty is suicide. Um, you know, it's just it's a terrible thing. So we need to talk about it more. I think Westies and the Benchwarmers. Westie and the Benchwarmers, yeah, legend legendary down south band. They do uh, they do sporting songs and. Uh, Good down-to-earth blokes. They're coming all the way out from Denmark to play this for nothing, so I'm pretty happy about that. Holding the ball, they'll be performing in yeah. Darren. Do we have that? Do we have a bit of Westy and the Benchwarmers? Here, we Here it is. In the bench warmers, are we playing and performing up there and Darren with our guest uh, and Miguel Hume, of course, Walk for the Boys. A four day walk to Darren, 200 days to raise money and awareness, of course, for Richmond's Wellbeing Bouncing Back program. Um, have you got, do you have the, so the shoes you're wearing now, the, your Pumas, uh, are they, you just, just wear one pair or you I've change got them up? Probably three pairs of bamboo shoes. Bamboo socks? I've got two of these. I do have bamboo socks. I'm right Is now. Is that what actually. they are? They are. I heard yeah. about bamboo socks. Well, People so who do cape to cape wear bamboo socks. Right, yeah. No, I've actually got two pairs of socks on so that um, you don't get blisters and everything. So yeah. I've got probably three pairs of shoes and it's forecast to rain again this year, Ooh. which is great. Um, is that hard walking weather? Yeah, oh, it's terrible. Why is that? Because you get wet. <laughs> Good on, um, good on. Do you listen to music? Do you chat? What do you do? I listen to music. Uh, if I've got someone walking with me, I try not to listen to music, obviously. Uh, <laughs> have a chat. Depends who it is. They might talk too much. But, you know, podcast, music, well, obviously you guys online, I'll be listening oh, to that most of the time. Well, let me tell you, we'll be chatting to you okay, yeah, next good, week great. on Sporting Goss. Yeah, good. So when we are on air next Wednesday, which is your first day, First. Well, that is my first day. So we'll, I'll actually be walking past here in the morning, but it might, I don't know, just keep what going. time. Just I'll, keep going. Yeah, I, won't, I won't look don't, left. Don't stop. We'll call you on your on yeah. the mobile. That's yep. why it's called a mobile. So right. Just stop. Okay. We'll ring you on Thursday. Yep. We'll check in with you Thursday. Beautiful. And then Gillian Goss on Friday. Yeah. We'll, we'll check in with your early doors. Will you be walking between six and eight? Will you be up by six o'clock on Friday? I reckon I'm a good chance. Well, to you're going to have to be to be on the radio show. We'll get you on about twenty past six right. on Friday morning to let us know where you are. I'll just be leaving TJ then. So yeah. Sweet. Beautiful. Colin Barnett putting you up, is he? He's not actually. I've, he hasn't returned my calls, <laughs> mate. He's the ex premier. He's a nobody now. Yeah, uh, he's yeah, a good fella. Right. He's a good fella. And um, the Two J Footy Club are firing at the moment as well. Yeah, well, we're all about the Darren Wildcats Football Club here. I know. My uncle was the corporate Wildcats. 
Is that right? Yeah, many moons ago. Okay. Anyway, good spot. Um, so there it is. So get in touch. So if anyone would like to – oh, you've got a raffle and an auction at the after party. Is that correct? That's right. I've got a, a – well, a raffle or an auction. We'll see what happens. Um, if there's anyone out there who's in a position that might, might be able to donate some yep. stuff that we can, yep. we can raffle off or, yep. or auction off, that would be great. Mate, congratulations on doing it. I know. So this Thank is you. the fourth time? This is the third time. Third time, sorry. Yeah. Yes, because you had the COVID-affected time as well. Yep. It is uh, wonderful. It's for the Richmond Wellbeing uh, Bouncing Back Program, Wellbeing's Bouncing Back Program. It is all aimed at mental health and suicide prevention, uh, training directly for those involved in sporting clubs. And as we know, suicide is the biggest killer of men, 18 to 40, the average age uh, of most guys who are at sporting clubs. Uh, Miguel, appreciate you coming in. You can get them on the Facebook page, of course. It is, of course, Walk for the Boys Facebook and also the GoFundMe page. We're going to check in next Wednesday. We'll just check that I'm still walking, yeah. You better do that. It's the first day you'd want to be walking first. Oh, Wednesday, yeah. Day two, you'll be walking. Day three, Gillian Goss. Yep. And we'll check in next week how it all went. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for the support and thanks for having me in. Our our pleasure, mate. And uh, so now what do you do? Walk home? I'll walk, walk home, yeah. It's nice weather today. It's beautiful weather, absolutely. 24 degrees. We'll take a break and come back. Stacey Francis-Bayman's going to join us from the West Coast Fever. Just an NBA update. Indiana Pacers defeated the Charlotte Hornets 144-117 in the play-in game. So Indiana will now play the loser of the Washington Wizards and Boston Celtics. And the winner of this game gets the seventh seed. And the winner of the Indiana versus To Be Advised game gets the eighth seed for the upcoming playoffs. Clear as mud. Tomorrow, Spurs and Grizzlies, Warriors v Lakers. Playoffs start Sunday. 76ers would have to complete. Completely bollock to make the Eastern Conference Finals. That is your NBA update. Miguel Hume, thanks for coming in. Don't forget, walk for the boys, go fund me, or find them on Facebook. This is Sporting Goss. Welcome back to Sporting Goss. Suncorp Super Netball season has been a wonderful start for the West Coast Fever. They've won three games, but they're on the bottom of the ladder with no wins. Stacey Francis Bayman joins us just to explain all that. Just they've received a penalty for salary cap breaches in the past, but the girls have done an enormous job starting with three wins. Stacey, that is the perfect start to what is a very awkward season to begin with. It is. I've, um, I don't think I've ever been so pleased to hear somebody say that we're on zero points, to be honest. <laughs> It really is a, a fantastic start to the season because it was a very disjointed start, wasn't it? It was the time where you went to the airport and then you got sent home again, then you went out again and you won and then you won at home after probably playing not your best game and then you get on the road to, to beat the Sunshine Coast who were unbeaten at the time. So really it's just coming together nicely. Yeah, absolutely. We've been thrown um, many obstacles and hurdles in our way before the the season even started and then even up until this day with how unstable things can be with COVID. So the girls have handled it beautifully. Obviously, last year was a very unique circumstance as well. So, um, yeah, every week it's quite funny. I say, oh, I've never experienced this before. And I've been around the netball block for a while. Um, So it's definitely keeping me on my toes. Yeah, brilliant. And also keeping you on your toes is Sunday Ariang, who is a part of that group that you play down back now. So there's yourself, Sunday, who was a train on, who's come in and doing some great things. And you've got this great relationship with Courtney. Your role has changed slightly, but at the same time, the energy levels of all three of you and that that whole defensive unit seems at the top of its game. And I think that's where the West Coast Fever are benefiting. Oh, well, firstly, thank you. And yeah, Sunday is absolutely keeping me on my toes. She's 
an incredible young confident talent um, and brings so much to the lineup and it's even better that she's obviously a local girl um, the lineups have changed a little bit this season but I'm yeah fully aware of what my role is when I'm given the opportunity and I think everybody's executing when they need to um, and it's contributing to a brilliant team performance. Yeah 100% uh, we've all got to adapt over time and in particular in netball where there's only seven on the court at any one time so your field time can be limited some days and then other days as we saw a couple of weeks ago at home where Verity Charles was you know to, to her to not wanting to be uh, too critical but was a little bit off got replaced but then bounced back and was enormous against the Lightning. Yeah absolutely and I think that's you know, it's elite sport, although we want to be performing at perfection, um, that isn't possible. And we have to remind ourselves that all the time. We're constantly striving and pushing to be better as a group. Um, and I think that often leaves you in a bit of a, a very critical headspace. But Vezzi went away and did the work and had an incredible game against Sunshine Coast and is um, celebrating her 30th birthday today. So shout out to Vezzi. <laughs> Uh, what do you reckon? What is she? What, what would she be doing? Share with the listeners right now. What would she? What would be the ideal birthday day in the world of Verity Charles? Oh, but you're asking me to think about the brain of Verity Charles. It's a it's a complex mind up there. Um, but she would definitely be loving some um, time with her husband, time with her mum. Um, she loves to get down to the beach. Um, I managed to grab her for a bit of yoga on the weekend, so I like to think that uh, that's left a lasting impact. But she's yeah, a pretty crazy person. Oh, and I do know, actually, she's going for a very fancy dinner this evening. So um, she's deciding whether she eats little and often throughout the day. This is the debate in the locker room yesterday, or whether she just um, doesn't eat at all and then has big food tonight. <laughs> Uh, nice. Stacey francis Payman is our guest on Sporting Goss from the West Coast Fever, who are three out of three. Big win, 15 points over the Sunshine Coast Lightning in round three last weekend. We'll get to the Adelaide game in a moment, but I want to talk about your off-season. You went home in this COVID-crazy world. I don't know how you did it, when you did it, why you did it, but it was an amazing risk, I would imagine. But at the same time, family, love, and you went and threw in the cherry on top of the cake. You went and got married. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, to have seen the comparison between the state of England in terms of COVID and Australia, most people were probably wondering what was going through my mind when I willfully jumped on a plane as soon as the season ended. Um, but I'd been away uh, from my family and friends for nine months. And actually, when I got home, I didn't see anybody other than my fiancé because we were in some form of lockdown the whole time. But the absolute highlight of my trip and a really, really nice excuse to legally leave the house was to get married. Um, so that was great. It wasn't what we originally planned, but the day was still magical. And um, yeah, it's nice to come back knowing that I've got a wife at home. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Now, can I just ask, with the Francis hyphen Bayman, it doesn't <laughs> quite fit on the playing uniform, <laughs> but have you inquired about having it above the other, like Francis and then Bayman underneath, or has this been thrown out the door now? You can't have it. you just got to go with the Francis. Well, the hyphenation was um, a bit of a battle of will between my wife and I as to whether we were going to change our name at all, if we were going to hyphenate, who was going to go first. Um, we're both strong characters, um, and we took a vote at the wedding. Um, my wife felt very confident because she had a few more guests there than me, and everybody decided that Francis Bayman went the appropriate way around. Um, but, yeah, kit production happens quite a lot earlier than um, the discussion yes. around my 
um, my changing my name. So unfortunately, we didn't get it in there in time. But um, I have been told it would be a pain in the bum to get it on the back because it is quite long um, and even <laughs> more letters than Alice Teague Neal has on the back of her dress. Oh, is that right? Okay. Hey, well, it's interesting because I've, I've I made my debut calling your game uh, against the Swifts at um, RAC Arena as my very first netball, and it was a chaos. It was chaotic. Thank heavens, I had Sue Gaud- <laughs> thank God, I had Sue Gordian sitting next to me. It was uh, pulling it all together, and I was going with Stacey Francis. She kept on throwing in Fra- Francis Bayman. Uh, what are we going with in commentary going forward, even in a mouthful of netball commentary where you don't have much time to mention full names and and uh, um, and all sorts of things. What are we going with, Stace? Give me, give me the heads up right now. Do you know what? I give you full license to call me within reason, whatever you like. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. SFB, I'll call you. Yes, SFB, SFB works. Oh, okay, well, I'm glad you think so. Let's let's turn our attention to Adelaide. Um, again, you're on the road again, of course, taking on Adelaide. What are you expecting? Oh, Adelaide are looking incredibly sharp this season. They've made some really good off-season recruits and they've had some really good games as well. And um, everybody feels great confidence being able to step out on court at home. Um, But we will be focusing firstly on ourselves. There's a couple of things that we would definitely like to fix some recent performances, not to mention that um, worrying start that we had against Sunshine Coast. Uh, can I ask you, I had a, a message from someone to say, um, can you ask Stacey, she goes for the Black Sox, the knee-high Black Sox. Um, is that a look or is that a, is that just good for the calves? <laughs> this is a wonderful question. Um, it's both. <laughs> look good, feel good, play good. Um, but it, it's also necessity, to be honest. Um, when I came out to SSN, um, I never experienced cramp like it in my whole entire life. I've never been able to get through a game without getting cramp. Um, regardless of how good my nutrition and hydration is. And the socks just give me that extra something that I need to stay on my toes and to keep active. Um, and so, yeah, it became, it was necessity at first and then it became a bit of a part of my brand along with my brace. Um, and yeah, so that it's kind of stuck around. And now I have some personalised Flyhawk ones with my initials on the back, which is pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah, very cool. Nice work by you. And when you look down the court, from the back court to the forecourt and you see... Janelle Fowler finishing off the good work. Um, it must give you great satisfaction. When she's putting a, a shot up, do you girls immediately just turn around and reset as, <laughs> because it's going to be a centre pass, in particular if it's coming your way? Um, that's a very good question. I have the utmost faith and confidence in Janelle. She, um, we don't mean it lightly when we say she's the best shooter in the world. She is fantastic at her craft and is, yeah, outrageously accurate. Um, I would never say on radio that I turn back and I'm on to the next job because I think I'd get a bit of a roasting from the coach. But <laughs> I have full faith that the ball is going to go safely into her hands or go safely through the net. Yeah, nice. Now, some quick-fire questions for our guests here on Sporting Goss. We're chatting with Stacey Francis-Bayman. Here we go. These are short and sharp answers, and you've been absolutely gorgeous, yep. and I appreciate your time on the show <laughs> today. Uh, coffee of choice? I'm off coffee at the moment. <laughs> okay. I know. It's, it's, okay. it's worrying. People are very concerned. <laughs> coffee of choice when you're on coffee? Flat white. Uh, Netflix recommendation have watched or are watching call my agent call my agent on Netflix music for choice in the pods pre-game Missy Elliott get your freak on (laughs) Uh, do you read and if so what was the last book you read 
Um, I'm a massive bookworm and I'm currently reading A Little Lie, but my favourite go-to is Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. Did you know that I've got an original... Here you go. Are you, are you really like... <laughs> Are you really a big Harry Potter fan? Like super, 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 super. Oh, so invested. Yeah, I finished reading the whole series for the ninth time in the hub last year. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you something now. I want you to understand this. When Harry Potter first launched, I was the MC at the Harry Potter launch at Greater Union Theatres here at the event cinemas over in Inaloo. And I can tell you that I was given from Village Roadshow a signed, framed Harry Potter four-star cast poster. What are you doing working? You should have retired. Sarah. Tell me about it. I'm trying to find some nuffy who's on online somewhere on an eBay or wherever it might, Gumtree or wherever it might be around the world, who wants the sign framed Harry Potter, signed by the originals, all the originals I've got at home, and I am willing to give it up for my retirement. So if you know anyone, can you please ask them? No problem. We'll, we'll push it out there. We'll make it happen. If you had five minutes to be somewhere nice in Perth right now, where would it be? Um, it will be um, at my yoga studio practicing. Nice. What do you like about yoga? It hurts. I've done it twice. <laughs> I'm six yeah, foot seven, mind you. Everyone. I'm six foot. I'm six foot seven, mind you. I can't imagine Janelle Fowler doing yoga. Janelle Fowler did do yoga on Saturday and, quote, she said it changed her life. She had a lovely time. Yeah, it was so nice. Bezzy, Jay and I did yoga in our little beachside apartment in the sunny coast and look at the fire performance that you got out of them both. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Hey, gorgeous chat. Congratulations on your form. Uh, Play hard, play strong. Good luck in Adelaide and uh, and we'll see you when you're back uh, on the home court at RAC Arena. Amazing. Thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, beautiful. Stacey Francis Bayman from the West Coast Fever there in Adelaide this weekend. And it was a great chat. She's absolutely gorgeous. This is Sporting Goss. Nice work, April. Thank you. Run to the news team doing a great job. Coming up after the break, we're talking harness racing. Sean McGruddy will join us. He's got rides at Pinjarra today. Gostradamus, a bit of a racing, harness racing flavour. Don't forget, you can also tune into the team on SEN Track to get all the, well, there's basically fellas and ladies talking the punt, having a pint and having a palmy as well. It is racing done differently, but it's very, very popular. And between you, me and the gatepost, Adam Simpson from the Eagles is a bit of a, SEN track fan. He loves listening to the tags and the team. Good fun. And that's how racing should be. It is good fun. Craig Vozzo is the head of football. This is the West Coast Eagles injury report posted on their website a short time ago. Yes, we have good news with both Liam and Shannon. If they get through a normal training week, they've been ticked off by our medical and SNC staff to play this weekend, which is great news. So we're expecting them both to be available. Vards is progressing well. He's done some more uh, on-track work this week um, and the pain subsided significantly. Hopefully he can get through main training uh, and put his hand up for selection this week. Luke's progressing well. He's done some uh, really good uh, volume on the track this week uh, and out of just the gym and the cardio room. And so far, so good. Um, he's, he's tracking quite well. He'll still be post-buy and we haven't got a set date for that at the moment, but all things are going to plan in terms of his rehab. Liam's going well, so we're a couple of weeks post-surgery, ticking all the boxes in terms of the swelling and uh, the movement and He's doing more and more in the gym and hopefully we, we might get an on-ground session in the next week or so. 
but he's still on track for about a uh, five to six week build. Oscar looked a little bit like Robocop out there, but it probably looks a lot worse than it is. Um, he, he had a um, elbow ligament problem uh, as a result of the smother that he put on on the weekend. So our guys have adopted a conservative approach and uh, looking to give him maximum protection out there and allow the, the injury to heal. He's tracking really well and I expect he'll get through training and uh, be available to play. No, Gov didn't train today. He pulled up sore from a, uh, a smother um, across his knee on the weekend. So we had a light start to the week and see how he progresses through the week and hopefully he can get through main training. Craig Vozzo, head of football at the West Coast Eagles. So he's just explaining the the brace on the arm of Oscar Allen. It was from that amazing smother, and he did stay down. So a bit of a ligament issue there. Him will be certainly a watch over the next day or two. We'll get a breakaway. We'll come back with a man who, well, he's ventured into harness racing, and he's been in it for a while, but he bred a horse, he trained a horse, and it won with its very first race start. Its name... Is Strawny. Strawny plays for the Pies. Yes, some of the clubs were worried about drafting me because I have a peanut analogy. Now, I can't help it. It's just the way I was born, okay? Other players in the league have been prejudices against because they have allergies too. James Hurt taken late. He was allergic to crayfish. Humdinger and Strawny turn the corner together. Rockstar Rebel trying to haul them in. Resolution back on the inside. Humdinger goes up to the lead now. Strawny on the inside. Closing in as Rockstar Rebel. Humdinger fighting back Strawny. Rockstar Rebel. Strawny. Strawny fought back to grab Humdinger. And on the outside, Rockstar Rebel. Resolution that was close up. Monday at Pinjarra. The horse was Strawny. And it is a wonderful story. And I only. This came to my attention as someone I follow on Facebook. Wayne Morrison, and he joins us online. Wayne, congratulations for Monday, mate. Must have been a huge thrill. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Yeah, it was. Um, I still got that silly smirk on my face as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so just just to, to set there, I'm just going to read out your Facebook post. It says uh, Wayne Morrison feeling delighted. Well, all I can say is what an amazing day. Ventured to Pinjarra today for my first race as a trainer with a horse I bred, who was also having its first start. And would you believe it, we won. If you could bottle that winning feeling and put it into a drug, you would be a billionaire. How long have you been around harness racing, mate? And uh, when you talk about breeding this horse, did you own the mare? And uh, how did it all go come about? Yeah, pretty much. My dad's uh, been in the industry, or he was in the industry, for yep. over 50 years. And um, yep. I sort of was watching from afar. I, I, sort of my parents split up pretty young so I was more involved in footy and cricket and um you know it's probably the only the last 10 years I started getting involved you know a few of my rat bag mates we sort of wanted to get involved and had an excuse to to have a drink and we bought a couple of horses and uh and then just got into it from from there really and you took out your trainer's license and uh so you so you breed you train it you took it there can you share with the listeners it had some trial form, and its trial form was okay, but it was pretty impressive on Monday at Pinjarra. Was, did you set it up for a first-up win? Um, I wouldn't say that, but I, I was actually pretty impressed with his last trial because he did lead from five, and uh, uh, Vokey did me a huge favour, and he come outside sat outside him because I, I didn't really know how much depth this horse had, and he did fight on quite well, and they ran a pretty good time, so... I was quietly confident going to the track that he could lead and um, 
if the number one did falter, which he did in the race before, then he could lead, and then it was a, a bit of a, a bit of a show. But yeah, he mm. did dig deep, so I was really happy with that. Thirty-four dollars was the top fixed flak, and it started eight dollars fifty. Tell me, you and your hairy mates and a few other people. I've seen a few posts on Facebook. A few people got a, uh, a piece of the pie at thirty-four dollars. Did you? Yeah, well, it wasn't me, mate. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but, well, I'm a bit of a Mick the Mocker, so I usually say to my mates, "Give me fifty dollars, and I won't back it." You know. Ah, very cool. And sometimes, and 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 the prize money in the thrill of owning and uh, training and breeding the winner is big enough in itself. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So it does uh, bankrolls me for. Uh, a few more months, anyway. <laughs> and when do and where did the name come from? Um, one of the one of the owners, uh, he's he's a, a big unit, and we call him Strawny. And uh, the horse itself, he's a pretty big unit, so we thought we'd name it after him. And if he's no good, we could take the piss out of him for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> when do we see Strawny go around again, Wayne? Um, not sure yet. He's uh, he, he knows he's been in the race on Monday, so he was looking to back him up next Monday, but we'll just wait and see. Um, I might give him a break and then bring him back the week after. There's a, I think there's a, a size race coming up in a few weeks, so I might try and set him for that. And just hopefully that natural improvement will come and, and he'll, he'll go okay in that. Congratulations, mate. I saw the post on Facebook. I thought it's a really good story, and it goes to show there's some good grassroots people out there. You don't all have to be the big uh, harness racing camps and big trainers and, and big owners to get a thrill out of the industry. To breed, to own, and to train your first winner with your first starter is a great thrill, and congratulations to you and everyone else involved in the horse and also Strawny himself, and thanks for joining us today, mate. Yeah, my pleasure. Wayne Morrison, it's a good story, and he uh, he got the chocolates, and he didn't uh, get a piece of the action, Wayne Morrison, but somebody did at $34 because it paid $8.50 on the fixed odds. This is Sporting Goss. All roads lead to Pinjarra for race day, and of course, all part of the Sporting Goss. We like to touch base with our jockeys and trainers ahead of our provincial country, and of course, our city meetings. And Shooter McGrady, Sean McGrady, is one of our leading jockeys, and he's got four rides down at Pinjarra today, and he joins us from the bath as he just peels off a, a lazy half kilo. Appreciate your time, Shooter. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Goss. How are we? Yeah, going really well. So, uh, is this standard? procedure for you or you a bath you sit there and just sweat it out yeah usually only up to about half a kilo if i can help it um just put a bit of radox in the in the warm bath and usually only takes about 20 25 minutes so you don't pull over on the uh halfway down the uh, on the freeway and pull over at the uh at the maccas or the kfc and uh knock off a cheeseburger on the way it's all about just getting there and uh keeping the weight off yeah maybe on the way home i could do that Ah, nice. Well, speaking of eating, you're on a horse called Bread to Flirt, B-R-E-A-D to Flirt, beautifully named Galloper, of course, by Gingerbread Man. I love this. Gingerbread Man out of Naughty Affair. It actually is one of the best-named horses going around. And it's for the Ganjemis, of course, and this is a horse you've ridden before. Yeah, that's right. Um, she probably looks to be my best ride, as long as we can beat the Grant and Alana Williams-trained Bob Peters horse. Um, mm. She's actually... Sitting along quite nicely. She struck a heavy track last start and that didn't suit. And back to a thousand today up the straight, I think should be hard to beat. Uh, tell us a bit about Scarpside. Um, I'm sort of uh, I'm getting mixed reviews. It's taking a little bit of time. I think I spoke to Sean O'Donnell about it uh, a couple of weeks ago. Just tell us a bit. I give another jockey's perspective of the Scarpside track and what it means to uh, to the jockeys, the horses, and also the listeners and the punters who are, are tuning in right now. 
I think it's going to be a good thing once it's um, ready to go. When we had that meeting on there, it wasn't quite ready. We had quite a bit of rain and um, it just hadn't settled properly enough. So I don't think we're back on there um, anytime soon. But once it's ready to go, I think it'll be a good thing because it'll mean uh, the, the normal turn doesn't cop as much wear and we can alternate between the two turns and probably have more racing down there. Yeah, okay. So uh, people who are going down there, it's not in uh, action at the moment, but has certainly been launched, the Scarpside track. You have got four rides today, and you're also on a horse for, for Chris Willis' vicinity, and his stable is going fantastic. And you rode this horse up at Northern when it was placed in a field of 10 behind a very nice horse in Queen of Soul, trained by Simon Miller. Yeah, that's right. Um, she's just been a bit behind um, in her fitness, and I think today she's probably going to be spot on. So uh, drawn nice, not a bad field, but um, definitely can play a part, I feel. You've got a couple of rides for Wolfie, of course. Just tell us about your relationship with Steve Wolf. Of course, uh, we know a, a name synonymous to uh, racing, in particular in the southwest, Albany, Mount Barker way, but also uh, up in town. He uh, does a, a wonderful job for his team. He's one of the real colourful characters of the game. Just talk talk us through your the form of your association with, with Wolfie over the journey. Um, yeah, so when I first started... Um He'd give me the odd ride down in Albany and obviously I was learning my craft and um, had a few winners for him. But uh, our relationship actually goes back um, probably to my dad when he used to ride. Um, he used to be based down in Albany and when Wolfie was first starting off, I think um, they were probably good drinking buddies and um, <laughs> my old man rode quite a few winners for him. And, and um, yeah, our family's have always stayed in, in, in touch. And so, um, yeah, he's been very loyal to me, that's for sure. My Greek Boy is a horse that you have ridden a, a lot of times. And, of course, you rode it when it won on a heavy at Ascot um, earlier this month, a couple of weeks ago. What are you expecting? I, not ideally drawn of you. I think you've drawn a bit uh, to the outside over the 1,500. What are you expecting on a soft five? Yeah, look, I think the heavy track is what really got him over the line last start. It was, it was a dropping grade as well, but um, he's a rising nine-year-old and he's got a few um, aches and pains. And I think this the sting out of track really helped him. So I think today's surface will be ideal for him again. Um, but as you say, he's drawn a bit sticky, but um, he'll just take his time to come across. And um, winning form is good form, so I'm, I'm hoping last start gave him a bit of confidence and um, he, can, he can repeat the dose today. And you wear those colours again in the last with Convalesce. And, of course, uh, this probably, as far as races is concerned, the last race at Pinjarra today is probably the most open. It's sort of like a $4 the field. And he's in the mix, but um, he, this is a horse that's coming off form in Albany, of course, its last uh, three starts for this campaign. And uh, I think it was placed first up, but it has been down the track, not too far down the track, its last couple. Yeah, look, I think he'll eventually get over a bit of ground. And with those sorts of horses, they take time to fully mature. And so... I think whatever he does this prep, he'll be better again next prep. All righty. So, Bread to Flirt, race one. Beautifully named horse uh, for the Ganjemis is probably your best, I'd imagine. How long have you got in the game? What's the driving force for you right now? I know you flippantly say, oh, I'm getting older and I've got to pick and choose and I like to have Sundays off. But what's the future hold? What, what is, if you, have you got a mud map plan of, of, of Sean McGrady's racing future or working future? Well, the goalposts change all the time because when you're younger, you think 30's old and then you get to 30. Then you think 35's old and then next year I'll be 40 and I don't feel any older as such. Um, yeah. And just talking to some older jockeys, they said the same thing, that 40 would see them out and then they thought, well, what else am I going to do? So they kept going and, mm. and they said 45. And a lot of the boys now are in their late 40s, um, nearly 50. So I'm just going to take it as it comes. Um, injuries play a big part and mm. as long as I've got the passion to sort of 
work through my injuries. I go to physio quite a lot and, and the gym with Matt Fuller, my personal trainer. And as long as I can keep on top of those things, I think I'll keep going for the formidable future. Yeah, can just in regards to your injuries, you were coming off a pretty nasty one. Um, just to explain to our listeners what that was and uh, that kept you sidelined for some time. Yeah, that was a low lower back injury. I've got a ruptured disc L5 and um, I can manage it pretty well, but unfortunately I got thrown off one morning behind the barriers and it must have upset it because when I jumped back on the horse and rode it out of the barriers, um, when I went to pull the horse up, my back went and it's just it's just pain that you get in between the two vertebrae. Um, with the ruptured disc there, and I've also got one in my neck, ruptured disc C7, and I had quite a, quite bad internal injuries when I was an apprentice where um, my pancreas was severed in half and they had to open me up and remove the KOM. So um, that gives me a bit of trouble with my core and pelvic floor and the like, and that also then puts pressure on my lower back. So it's just all about managing it, but um, I've definitely got a few battle scars there, Tim, that's for sure. Well, you're a very, very good rider, and uh, and everyone's uh, got your uh, have certainly got you in their black book every time you're you're on board, mate. Uh, appreciate your time here today on Sporting Goss. Travel safe to Pinjarra, and may there be one, two, or even three winners down there today. But bread to flirts the best, and good luck on the weekend as well on the opening day of Belmont. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, Goss. Appreciate it. He's a, he's a good man. Shooter McGrady. This is a Sporting Goss. Don't forget, you can check out my tips on Gostradamus, one of the great tipsters of all time. He just puts the form in, throws up a couple of winners, and uh, you never know what might happen. This is Sporting Goss on a Wednesday. Been a big show so far, as we mentioned there with Shooter McGrady. All roads lead to Pinjarra for an eight-race program today. And Gostradamus has polished his ball and he's come up with a couple of winners that we might want to follow. And if you've been following Gostradamus, you can follow him on Twitter at Gostradamus1 or you can get his tips on SEN track as well. Tips today for Pinjarra, best each way, race four, number nine, gold merits. And if you're an Eagles fan, you'll like it because it wears the Eagles colours, the blue with the gold epaulettes. Race four, number nine, each way, gold merits. Best bet is race five, number four, vain tempest. Race five, number four, vain tempest. And the lucky long shot, one for you. If you like to have a little 50 cents each way on a horse that might just run a place at very big odds, it's race eight, number four, Hinchin Mows. So race four, number nine, best each way. Race five, number four, best bet. And race eight, number four, Hinchin Mows for the lucky long shot. That's right. Go get them, Ed. Go get them. Hey, nice work by you, Alex. Thank you to... Special K, Chris Clafunas, and thank you for listening and supporting our show, Sporting Goss. I'll be back on your radio tomorrow between 10 and 12, and I'll have confirmation whether Adam Gilchrist, Gilly, has got Cathy Freeman. He has gone very quiet. You're on the clock, Gil Church. You better come up with a winner. And we'll be back on your radio for Gilly and Goss from 6 o'clock on Friday morning. Have a great day. Enjoy the day. And we will be back tomorrow from 10. This is SEN. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.